Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. We are back for another episode of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Origin Brock, the series is now over. Queensland getting the win up there in the dead rubber. Game three, Billy Slater's farewell. And uh, regardless of a few controversies around the game and different opinions, I thought it was an outstanding game of football to watch. It was the best game in the series. Very entertaining. Best game in the series by a mile. Uh, A game that Queensland probably should have won by more, but... You could you could definitely say that New South Wales had plenty of chances to win that game as well, but um, yeah, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it. But yeah, it, yeah, you can call it a dead rubber. That that wasn't a dead rubber. That might as well have been a decider. If that was a decider, I would have been wrapped with that. Oh, awesome! You wouldn't have been happy with the way the uh, penalties were given, though. If that was a decider. Well, yeah, that's what I, I'm, I was alluding to in terms of getting into the nuts and bolts of it. But yeah, well, there was a few, and again, this is not. Well, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, it's, in Queensland. Well, again, dead we got we got the rub of the green. I thought in um, in Melbourne, and I think the uh, the second game was fairly evenly refereed, and then this one was well again dead lopsided. rubber. Farewell, uh, their in, players, in their environment. I thought, especially in the ruck, that we got duped a few times. I thought there was a few dumb ones. The obvious ones like the trip penalty. Tarek Sims one was ridiculous. Tarek Sims was... Well, you agree or disagree? I thought he caused it. He was stupid. No, it was stupid. He just stupid dumped. by Tarek Sims. So there's two out of the eight. I think there was and, a- and golden rule, we had the ball. Yeah. And inside our half. We had the ball. Inside our own half. That was silly. But yeah, I thought there was a few... Not so much what what we gave away. I just thought we couldn't buy one. And I thought multiple times we'd done enough to earn a, a play the ball penalty or whatever and... It was just let go. And obviously, like you said, pro-Queensland crowd, it was a dead rubber uh, in that sense. So I think the refs were a little bit more lenient in favour of their side of things. But I don't think we justified taking the two dopey ones out being down 6-3. And I felt that a couple of the ones we got late were kind of, you know, just given to us for the sake of being given to us. Yeah, that's fair. We had one basically in the crux of the game in the 60 minutes when we were dying to get one. Like we really couldn't get one in that 60-minute period. Uh, I will say we definitely didn't help ourselves though. Every time we seemed to have been penalised, or got the ball back because they had such big gluts of possession, we dropped it or did something silly, like the early shift out to Latrell and Addo Carr. And there was multiple times we made just poor decisions all around. But looking at it, I suppose, breaking it down more from start to finish, I thought the first half was realistically a back and forth for you know maybe five, ten minutes, and then it was just all Queensland. Mm-hmm. They had all the football all the possession, we were just absolutely pinned in our own half and I could not believe the fact that we held on. Could you say that they were lacking a little bit in attack as far as the shots they were taking? Yes. Were they playing a little too pre-line? Yes, but the fact that we literally had to defend our line for almost 20 minutes or so. Um, Daily Chair Evans, again, like we said, 
character-wise or performance-wise this year? Do I think he deserved to be there on form? No. What you hear of the bloke, all the things that happened in the past, am I a fan of the bloke? No. But did he justify last night his position in the side? 100%. And we're always happy to admit those kind of things when we do this because we're not biased. He played outstanding. He did. He added, I bet they, they wish they had him in game two. Oh, he added the polish and the control that they needed. He got him repeat sets. He built pressure. He did all the things that they couldn't do in the first two games. And in particular, the repeat sets and the pressure he built, his kicking game was outstanding. Yeah, it was. Um, I must admit, well, the though... the first kick of the game, they could have scored. Slater, oh. you know, if, if not for that slight knock-on, first kick of the game is a tri Yeah, and the array of grabbers and short kicks there in the first half to get the repeat sets and just keep mounting the pressure, uh, outstanding. And just for the game in general, he pushed up on that try that he obviously scored in the back end, but he ran 13 times, so he constantly challenged the line. But the big key to that also, which I feel is different for this game... So I will cut some slack to the halves in the first two games. I thought this is the best their forwards played. I thought the forward pack was much better with the changes they made. Papali yeah. and Arrow both laid over 100 metres. The bench chipped in. It's the first game I thought legitimately it wasn't tight in the middle. I thought they beat us in the middle fair and square. I really did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a couple of those changes definitely helped out in that area. But to think that we defended, like I said, so many penalties, multiple errors, repeats, with all that, you know, just pressure build up, three or four force drop out, seventy-two percent possession before Maloney uh, got put in the bin, and I suppose before that, probably going back more so, they scored off an intercept. To think that only be eight nil off an intercept and a penalty goal after thirty minutes and all the football and domination in the sin bin, I was wrapped with that. I couldn't believe that they took the penalty goal as well. To be honest, yeah, really couldn't believe it. And then on the back of that, uh, we get a clone basically of the two intercepts we've seen in the series where Maloney's thrown one to Holmes and obviously Tedesco threw that one the other night. But Tommy Trebojevic comes up with the goods. Munster goes down that short side. Looks like we're backpedaling. He's obviously gone all in, tried to get up on that pass. It was out there to be taken. Goes the length and then we finally get a penalty. We've got our first penalty just before half time there with a minute to go. Go down and there's, we get a couple of quick play the balls and Damian Cook, who's been outstanding again. And I can't believe the elevation he's had this year. Not so much at club level, but in rep football. He jumps out. Picks out two players there. It was Josh Maguire who came in on a man that wasn't his and Jared Wallace didn't follow. So Maguire more at fault than Wallace, but wide open hole there for Tedesco, who also has been outstanding all series. But to think that New South Wales would lead that game 12-8 at halftime, I would have told you you were drunk. Yeah, it was a, a half that you you got in at halftime and you thought, well, New South Wales just win by how many? Um, but Queensland had other ideas. Brad Fittler was interesting after the game mentioned his heart what he addressed at halftime he would have liked to have had halftime over again I guess we'll you know without him revealing what he would have liked to have have said and or done we're never really going to know what the intricacies of that you know were but it's just interesting comment I thought it is interesting for him to say that and that was really the one regret he said he had in the series but you know I I, I probably lent that way as well I thought that New South Wales would run away with it in the second half but then you think you've you go well, so what petrol. about the damage that they that Queensland inflicted maybe not on the scoreboard but just in the legs and in the fatigue what you've just touched on so yeah that yeah was always I guess going to take its toll you know we watched it with a, a whole heap of people and you know, the general consensus was that possession would turn around. I don't think it did. Possession no. didn't even up. So well, the two moments. And that, that was only, possession was only ever really going to turn around with Queensland errors. Um, and, and look, I, I do think they made some errors, Queensland. They made but, more than we did for the game, actually. Yeah, so, but it still didn't really impact possession. I think no. more because of the penalty count, obviously. And, and repeat sets. And repeat sets, yeah. yeah. So you can link that to a few things. I, I more want to just go along the line of, 
that Queensland were good and they deserved their win rather than bashing up about the refs. No, nah, they deserve to win that game, yeah. 100%. Not I, knocking that. And look, for me, the crazy thing is is that I think if you watch the first two games, I think the Blues should have won those games by more. Yeah. And then Queensland but to definitely me, you think about, dismantled us in this you know, they, they won. Yeah, they should have won this game by more. But you look at how close really Queensland were from winning that series. Like, if you rewound it, that, that 10 minutes, the last 10 minutes of game two was the series. Yeah. Well, Callum Ponga's moment, almost scoring. Was ben, the ben Hunt's couple of kicks. You know, and who made that tackle? James Tedesco. James Tedesco. So. Oh, look, I'm going to go into that at the back end and it's going to answer a lot of fan questions because basically the consensus of the fan questions, we shouldn't have to do many because all of them are only asking or whinging about one thing, which I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, but I guess getting more into the first half. And the other thing that bothered me, I just saw a lot today, people bagging our forwards in the first half. And then again, like Vaughan only got one stint again. I know he got to Bellin and Peachy and a couple of guys back on. Like If you get one stint for 25 minutes when your team's had 20% of the football and you've had one carry but you've already made 25 tackles, which is more than most people have made for the game. I don't know what else you're supposed to do. I don't know what Jake was supposed to do. I don't know what Clem, anyone was supposed what to do. What has there been criticism day. of? Oh, there's been criticism of some of our forwards. In particular, I think you know Vaughan and Clem and a few of them in the first half for their running metres, and then him in general for his game, where he only got one stint. I thought the interchanges, again, were funny. Um, how he didn't get back on for a second stint, I don't understand. Yeah, I think the interchanges have been weird the whole well, series. Again, I'll, I'll throw it out there, like we said from the start. I think he's done a good job coaching as far as the group and the management and all that, but I still don't think there's a coach between him, Badiris, and Alexander as far as an interchange plan or being able to adapt on the run. Um, mm. It's been funny the whole way through. Like, Clemmer got one stint in one game, first game, and Vaughan only got one stint. Yeah. Last game, he only got one stint again, and I think Clemmer played one huge stint, and that was it again. This game, he got two stints, and then Peachy came on for Cordner. I have to throw in it there as well. At the back end of that game, I don't know if you agree with me, but I'm looking at it and going, Peachy's not who we need. With 20 minutes to go when we're gassed and it looked like Cook was the only guy with some petrol in his legs and a few times he wanted to go, no one was there with him. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, when you do the real deep background on some of these players where you look at the situation, we need points, but we needed impact and we needed leg speed in the middle because we had opportunities inside 20. We were there. We just needed to quick play the ball that we couldn't get. And we had a bunch yeah. of lightweight guys on the field or a bunch of guys that were just gas. I'm sitting there going, Angus Crichton is mobile enough to play center. Yeah. Tarek Sims has got leg speed and he plays in the back row. Frizzell's on the field, I'm pretty sure, at that point as well. I'm putting Frizzell in the middle or Sims in the middle, Crichton out to center, not Peach. Like the reshuffle they did, I just looked at it and kind of thought, I'm, I'm finding a way around this, basically. Um, I just, yeah, when Cordner came off, I, I just kind of looked at it and thought, Frizzell... Sims, and then I'm getting Vaughn back on, who's been sitting there waiting. Like, we need a quick play the ball. We need some leg speed. Yep. Peachy came on. God bless his heart. Like, you know, his three stints uh, have been what they have been. He's been a utility. He hasn't had the opportunity, obviously, as much as anyone. And the series has won, so he gave him some time there for Cordner, who was busted. But he was floating around, same deal. No quick play the balls. He's trying to create something drifting across field. It's very easy to defend when there's no momentum in the ruck. And Queensland just had a set line and were picking us off those last few sets. I thought we needed some size and some power. Yeah. So when Sims went back on, I was happy, but I don't know how we didn't get DeBellin. I think we had one more change left, but DeBellin and Vaughan only playing 30 and 25 minutes, I thought they muffed that right there. We needed some blokes to get on and try and bust the middle for us. And we had three or four sets there, and we just couldn't get anyone to do it for us. Yeah. No offense, Clemmer as well. Wholehearted effort, engine is outstanding, but I still don't think he's our best front row or an Australian-class front row. I think... For the series, for me, I had Sims in from game one despite his brain snap last night because I have no problem with him playing in the middle. I think he's more than capable. I think for Rizal in that rotation with Crichton, 
Uh, I think, like I said, Vaughn again, Campbell Gillard, Moon McLean's back next year. I like all those guys more than I like Clemmer. I love his heart. I love his aggression. But again, on the back of last night, and you can say, oh, big minutes, big effort. Munster beat him clean, all ends up. He was back on the field for five minutes defensively. And then the trip brain snap on Ben Hunt cost us a try. Like, that's yeah. just my opinion. But yeah. I well, it, I don't it, think... It costs a try because Angus Crichton scored. He scored. On and that I, play. Yeah, I look at the back end there and I just think they stuffed that up. We needed fresh middles and we needed to get a quick play of the ball and we could not get it. And Peachy wasn't the right change at the time for Cordner. That, to me, was a reshuffle where you've got Sims, you've got Crichton, and you've got a front row and a lock who plays 80 at club. Two guys, one with a pass and one with great leg speed and footwork that you could have unleashed to try and give us something in the middle when we really, really needed it. And our middle was shot. They were shot. Yeah, we, we just ran out of legs. Mm. But we were coming to get them late. Uh, you know, we bombed probably three or four tries, really. And Queensland saved yeah. three or four tries through fantastic scrambling defence, but... Uh, it's one that got away, I think, for New South Wales. You, you, you could look at it as, as that. but Also, for Queensland, Queensland uh, they should have put us to the sword. They really should have with all that yeah. possession, all the football. You feel, you know, they, they won the moments like we spoke about this game compared to us. We didn't win the moments. They scrambled. They covered up well. Uh, you know, the trip thing obviously hurt us, but Sims's brain snap when that was 50-50 gave them the penalty that they needed to score the, that next set. I just think, I think you can nut... You can nut out the reason why New South Wales didn't score because they went away from what worked. Now, the two tries we scored, one was from an intercept, the other one was from Cook rolling out at marker, playing straight, tipping the ball on. The Angus Crichton try, Nathan Cleary, catch off a nine, hits uh, Crichton on a short line, goes straight through the middle and scores. After that, we wanted to finesse the ball side to side the whole game. You know, the intercept that, well, the two intercepts that, Maloney through both were loopy long passes that weren't needed. Um, I think we just crabbed far too laterally in attack, and our, our attack was awful. Yeah, you know, for for all the criticism of Queensland's attack, uh, because of the glutz of possession they had, I think I'd more like to give credit to New South Wales defence. Uh, but there was a toll taken in the fact that we had to use a lot of juice in that time, and our attack I thought was worse than Queensland's attack last night. We couldn't get out of our own end, and, and that's been a struggle for us for the three games during this series. So that's something that Freddie's got to go back and, and look at and really address that coming into next season uh, or next series. But in our own end, uh, sorry, attacking Queensland's line, we were diabolical last night. Yeah, we were um, awful. But again, at the back end... And I, I don't particularly think that Queensland's defence was that good. Like for, for Cook to roll out and just plonk... Tip to Tedesco and for him to score so easily was, you know, it wasn't embarrassing, but it was embarrassing in the fact that Queensland had, all had running. 70% possession yeah. and they, you know, they look shot. So, uh, I, look, I think New South Wales need to look really internally after this game. That would be the feedback that I'd have for them. Look internally. I, I look across at Queensland and, you know, we know that those, those immortals aren't there anymore. Queensland are going to be beatable now and I think yeah. the series are, are going to be very, very even. Um, because I don't really see a standout player in either side. It's who develops quicker as a whole yeah. and keeping things together. And injuries, et cetera, et cetera. I'm really excited about the future of Origin because I, you know, you don't. I don't think Queensland look at us with a, I guess, with a, a mask of fear based on the fact that we won this series. They probably look at this series and go, well, you know what, we won one last year that we probably 
didn't deserve to, well, not didn't deserve no. to win, but that was a 50-50 series. This year, we lost the 50-50 series. So I think moving forward, it's going to be, I think we're going to get back to, you know, Queensland wins one, we win one or two, they win one or two. I, 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 I can't see anyone really dominating. So, But, but I, I think the Blues have got to look internally. There's a lot of things we've got to fix there. I think interchanges, you nutted, nutted that oh, out. You were awful. spot on about the interchanges, but that's also been a consistent issue across the three games. Yeah, but my, my thing I don't get either, like, the game too, like put someone on for five minutes, like you're just burning unnecessary changes. Yeah, and then last night, Sims got a 30 minute stint, which was good, but then he got put on late for two minutes. Well, Sims looked like, like he was trying to play three games in one. Yeah, but why two minutes? Like why a two minute stint? Like I just they they were mismanaged. And in a game like that, if that was a decider, yeah, you would have been furious. Yeah, because at the end there, like I said, it's all well and good that we were finessing sideways. But the worst part about us going sideways as well is we didn't have the momentum to do it in the first place. If you're going to move the ball, you're going to drag numbers in. You need ruck speed. And we didn't have that. And I just looked at it at the end there and thought, this has completely been fucked up. You've got two or three guys there that should have got back on that didn't. Yeah. And you've, you know, you've played guys too long that have been picked out or isolated and just not what we needed at the time. And I suppose again, we went away a little bit from what happened in the second half, but those two critical moments really hurt. It's it's a back and forth. We have a couple of errors, but that Sims brain snap by tackling Hunt in the ruck there, where it was a tackle where he's clearly dominated. Was that in the second half, was it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Early on. They scored off that. Penalty. They yeah. got that penalty. They went to the edge. So there's a 12 point turnaround in the fact that the Clemmer, the Clemmer trip costs us six points, and in terms of us getting six points, and the Sims tackle on Hunt costs us six points because they scored a try on the back of it. Yeah, there's the game. Well, literally off that set, they get the penalty in our half, which is inexcusable by him. And I thought he was great, don't mind you. And his first stint, he was physical. He carried the ball hard. But that's just you know, if that's a decider, you are looking at that today, just going, where? What have you done? Hmm. But that set, they isolated at left edge. Maloney held. Luttrell held with him. Um, and you, as we said before, you've got to make a decision. When you hold off, they just create numbers. They engage the line. They got Luttrell and Maloney to kind of bite in. Billy Slater summed up. Uh, and Cherry Evans, who got the football out to him. And they find Holmes, who, to me, was their best player probably for the whole series, along with Gagai, I think. I think Gagai had another massive series. But um, that really, really hurt us. Then Clemmer, obviously, he's back on the field for only a couple of minutes. Munster literally goes straight at him. It's just a one-on-one you've got to make. He gets beaten. Cook can't cover up for it. Cooper gets it to DCE. They take that lead, and we were just hurting. Again, those critical errors on the back of gluts of possession or the dumb penalties that just mount pressure on top of you. It is exactly what you said. Just late on, we had no legs, and I think at that time... They need to get somebody in who's a coaching consultant or someone who does a bit more than NRL just to help out with that interchange. Well, he needs an NRL because they're, coach yeah. as an assistant. As a group, they were great, like I said, for morale, team culture, environment. Like The group was outstanding, I'm sure, but in-game, you need to be able to adapt or you need some kind of proper plan or a better way to manage your interchanges. I think they kind of winged it. Yeah. And as we've said a million times, players are great players doesn't necessarily mean they make great coaches. And Mel Meninga did the smart thing. He was a great coach because he's taken he's more. himself a good player. Yeah, Michael Hagan, all of these kind of guys. Neil Henry, he had ex-NRL coaches and NRL level coaches with him. Anthony Seabold was a part of it at one point. You look at who's come in and out of there. He's well, had Seabold, good assistance. Seabold was there last year. I think they got the thing right this year, but we've still set in a couple of the games, like tactical, a few things or a few interchanges. If they polish that up, we're, we're good as go. We've got a good team. We've got players that are going to come back next year who are available for selection. Um, but, yeah, that, I think those two moments in particular – the Clemmer one again. He lets the try in, and then the tripping action. Crichton's through that hole. He is through that hole. Yeah, well, he scored. Um, and he I even I even watched it on replay to look if that trip 
not so much did it affect the play. Like Hunt was sliding through. He didn't go back through that hole. He beat the next man on his inside shoulder anyway. But it's just, it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. Crichton goes in, we're, we're even, you know, we're 36 apiece. Oh, sorry, 18 apiece looking for golden point or looking for that last blow. And um, yeah, just those two brain snaps and the whole game again, it, it really took its toll. And I just think in the end, you know, we had a, we had those chances down there. We had the line break where Adokar made that outstanding run from our dead ball line, I think 77th minute. Yeah. And Tom supported him and I thought he had a chance to get it back to the outside men, but that didn't happen. And um, yeah, we just could not get a play the ball. They had a set line and we just went side to side. And Maloney, to me, people were saying, man of the series, I think give yourself a triple. Uh, game one, I thought at best he was 50-50. People applauded him. He threw a pick. He missed a couple of goals. And I know he set the try for Adokar, but you got to credit Adokar for finishing that as well as Tom made that kick. He put the kick in the area for Tom to get it, but Tom made that try. Mm-hmm. So game one, I think he gets a pass mark. Game two, yes, he was great. I did think he was great, but I thought Corden was better. So if you want to go like man of the series vote. And then last <laughs> night, six missed tackles, critical errors, and he got sinbinned. Like, you can't tell me he's the man of the series. I think that's a crazy opinion he wasn't, to have. He wasn't the man of but, the series. Yeah, at the end, no near man of the, he didn't win a man of no, the match award. At the end of it, I just think tough effort by both. Queensland much better. I think if they didn't have spine changes in every single game and they're settled for game three with the amount of possession, I think they dismantle us. I really do. Uh, but yeah, obviously they've had to overcome a couple of poor camps and injuries along the way and in game three. Well, the other thing is how many minutes did Andrew McCulloch play last night? 30. There you go. And Ben Hunt, I didn't think had his greatest stint there, but I thought he was he was bad. he had uh, more impact than what McCulloch did on the game. Yeah, it definitely has more impact because he offers more an attack. But and defensively, I he defended really well. Nah, he still missed a four or five, I think, from what I looked. He, yeah. he holds his own. He definitely. No, goes I just think in. I mean in terms of his aggression, he's yeah, more yeah. aggressive. So with that aggression comes a few more misses. But yeah, I'd, I'd take that over passive tackling. Yeah, but overall, I just think. Mixing up the forward pack definitely helped. Papali, Arrow, all those guys made things much more dynamic for them in the middle of the field. They got on the back of that. I think Felice bothered Maloney all night like we said he needed to. Um, they've got their yardage sets, as we spoke about all series, they were outstanding. Dan Gagai gave us trouble all night. Valentine Holmes' series has been huge. Those two in particular, I think, have kind of gone under the radar. Yeah. We talk about finishing. Oh, yeah, you know, they're good players. I thought those two for this series were the standouts for Queensland for me consistently. Mm. Uh, Valentine Holmes in particular. That's the other thing about the Slater thing. You won't find a bigger Billy Slater homer than myself or you. And in particular, I'm, I'm a Melbourne fan. I absolutely love the Storm. And I you know, I could lean anyway for Smith, Slater, Cronk when he's there, English, etc. But there is no way in hell he was the man of the series. Are we going down this avenue? We now? will in a sec. But just, yeah, before we close up, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away by that. But I think for Queensland, that was huge in a mental sense as well last night that they've led in two of the games and lost those leads. And it got very close to that, but they closed it out again last night. And with all the changes, all the adversity, if you think next year or New South, people saying we're starting an area of dominance, I think you've got to give yourself a triple as well. We've still got to work out a little bit in our halves and tactical, like you've said. Um, And I look at their side of things, they're not short of a player. If Michael Morgan comes back healthy next year after the way that Cherry Evans played and they're going to go with Ben Hunt solidly as a nine, Mm-hmm. and make us more accountable with an attacking nine, I don't blame them for that. I think mm-hmm. McCulloch does an outstanding job defensively, but he probably doesn't offer enough in attack. People were comparing to Pete's. I wouldn't compare him to Pete's. I think he offers more ruck manipulation and a kick, but I think next year wouldn't surprise me if Hunt starts or that is their tactic to give McCulloch, say, 30 minutes and Hunt plays the rest. Yeah. But you're looking at the possibility of Ponga going straight into fullback, who this year is arguably, if not, I don't think arguably, is the best fullback in the competition right now. Like on form, has been the best fullback before he got injured. 
you are looking at the back line being intact and not being able to fit Corey Oates in again, possibly, with Greg English returning. You're looking at Morgan playing with Munster, who I think Munster had a great series all around. He was very solid. He was good again last night. The forward pack with the changes, I think Gavin Cooper definitely ends up moving on. I think Glasby can't play another game. And you're looking at Napa returning off of who's been great. Jaden Sewer and a lot of these young Broncos who I think are going to be pushing to find their way in. Felice Cafusi, Matt Gillette's going to return. Jai Arrow's going to be better for the experience. Um, I, I think next year they're coming back better. And they've you know gone through that bit of adversity and had to blood some players as well. And for New South Wales, yeah, I think the bigger part is like you said, that team can come back if they're all in form, but there's definitely got to be some tactical stuff addressed and just some in-game things that need to be polished up. The attitude, the effort, you cannot question. We were outstanding in all three games, particularly defensively and holding on. Mm. We won the series on the back of our defense, not of our attack. And we, we won those moments, but you reflect over the three games, our defense won us the Origin Series, yeah, which is huge. In the past, we would have crumbled defensively. So I, I give full credit there, but we need a lot more polish on our game plan. As I said, we need to look change. internally. Yep. Queensland are going to do the same, but they always do that. They don't worry about what we're doing. So yep. I think we've got to take the same tactic. And yeah, interchanges, uh, I think uh, the way the way we play, yep. particularly in the in the two, the red area and the green area. I think in the middle of the field, in that yellow or amber area, you know, whether we're not, not really in yardage, but we're not in good ball. I think we're okay. We still make area. silly errors, though, trying to come get out it, of that but middle. I, I, I don't think get it. Vitally, we need to just get out of there more effectively. Uh, so we've got to look at a tactic or look at maybe some player changes. I don't, I don't know in terms of getting out of there. Uh, more, more. I think, the way we play, how we do it. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, I, I think we need more mobile front rowers. So for me, I, like... I like I like a, a Sims. I like a Vaughn. I like um, you know a Crichton. I like a, I think Josh Jackson. You know will probably come back into into calculation if you're going to look at a middle. I like a Jake Trebojevic. I think the days of Dave Clem have been effective in Origin, particularly in yardage, are gone. That's... Um, you know I, he had a lot of carries and he's aggressive and, yeah. and he, I like I like what he brings to a team. But I'm just looking at the, from the perspective of the way we play. I think Quick play Origin Origin's moving towards a Josh Maguire, a Jack DeBellin, a Jake Trebojevic, a guy that can here. play. It's yeah. moved past Clemmer. I think it's sort of gone to that eight slash thirteen dry arrow. Those type yeah. of players, they're going to be the middle type players that. And look, I don't think that's a it's a fault for Dave Clemmer. No. It's a that's the way the it's game's the game. going. The game's quicker. You can't have him there. So I think while ever the game is currently stuck at the eight interchanges, he's going to struggle. I think if the if the interchanges got down to four, well, that's going to bring those big and small men back into the game. That's just my thing, though. I think he's he can play the minutes. I just don't think he's quick enough. He's he doesn't have no. the leg speed. He doesn't move well laterally. Vaughn no. moves and well laterally. Cam Jared Gillard Wallace, can do Jared that. Wallace looked the same. He looks slow. To me, he just looks. Like shocked every time he's been out he's there. He's slow. He's just looked shocked, and he he definitely shouldn't have been there. Off Angowie should have been in that spot, and I think next year he definitely won't be there. I think mm. after the, the game last night, but I said before this series I only would have picked two front rows, and that was Vaughn and Campbell Gillard. If you brought McLean back into the fold because he's moves well for a big man yeah, and he was right. healthy, I think he was a possibility. But I had Jackson and Sims on my bench, and I said that. Game one, I wanted to play small ball. Jake Chaboyevic to me is a prop. Exactly, but in that arena in particular, he's a middle. And Frizzell can go in and play middle. Yeah, but, and but when you say that edge middle, middle, like he's played front row. So I, I think yeah, only need three front rows. Lock is, like it's almost the same thing for a lot of clubs now. And they're all heading towards that kind of mode. Like how many genuine, real big men are left? We had this talk 
in relation to Canberra. Like, Junior Paulo getting $800,000 is insanity. He barely plays 40 yeah. minutes of football. And how effective is he for those 40 minutes? Um, you know, you've got Boydie at Canberra, who played for Australia a couple of years ago. But looking at him right now, at an NRL standard, I think the Titans paid six fifty seven hundred for him. Same deal. Like, he's not where the game's going. I can't pay you that much money for that person. The game has moved towards the Bromwich mold from a few years ago. Everybody now is after the Bromwich mold. You want a prop that can give you 50 minutes effectively if that's what you want to use him for. But if we're going to go down lower, like Jared where Hargroves did the other week, he can bust out an 80 if you need him to. You yeah. can play a 60. You can play a 65. So I don't question his effort as a player. At NRL, again, last week, Clemmel was outstanding. But in that arena, that high-paced arena, quicker play of the ball, just more intensity. He doesn't have the leg speed nor the lateral movement to me to be playing origin football. He's an outstanding NRL player, one of the best props at that level. But I don't see him as an origin player. International, maybe. I think the international game is honestly slower than origin. Mm. But origin is just a different beast altogether. Yeah. And I really think we hurt ourselves last night um, in that sense. But yeah, end of the day, like I said, massive by Queensland. They've overcome a lot of hurdles. You've got to give them credit for the series and what's happened. They've had three of their guns pull out beforehand retire. They've had multiple changes. They've had injuries the whole way along. They've almost beaten us in both games. It could have very easily been 2-1 or 3-0 if things don't go the right way. Yeah. But you've got to give them the credit for that. Could have very but, easily been yeah, 3 The other one, the other exactly. One. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I give them the credit for overcoming all these and finding a way to win that game last night. Um, I give credit to New South Wales for just being so defensively tough and strong and no one can question the effort during the series. And I won't. They would, that was... You couldn't be any prouder as a New South Welshman over the last decade for what we've gone through and what we've witnessed. That team gave everything. That's what we want to see every year, win or lose. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, almost 90% completion rate last night for Queensland compared to us, just above 70. Five dropouts compared to one. We made 80 more tackles. The penalty count was 8-3 plus the sin binning. Um, you know, I, again, I think if they have more cohesion and not changes all what throughout the series. What do you think I think the first effort when I watched it was fair because he was jockeying for the ball. The second one, I think he's trying to change direction, and I can kind of see where they're coming grabbed, from. I think he grabbed him. I that, think he went for the him only, the second time. That was the only part of that that I thought was sin minimal because you're allowed to jostle for the ball. Yeah, I think that's what I mean. The first bump, and, and no he problem. wasn't moving away from the ball. No. So if he'd moved, um, as you look at the screen, if he'd moved to the right to bump Slater away, I would have had an issue with it. But he moved to the left with Slater, headed yep. towards the ball. I thought... First effort was fine. I thought the second one where they got him was more they got Jeez, him like, for. That's, yeah, I've yeah. seen worse than that. Not seen bin. So oh yeah, I think it's just one of those one of those ones. And you know, Queensland definitely got the rub of the green with the referees last night. Yeah. Definitely. Well, in the end, I thought Cherry Evans again. Like we said, full credit to him. Come back in, outstanding repeats, control. So who was your man of the match last night? Cherry Evans or Holmes? I would have said. Yeah, I, I probably would have given I, it to I Cherry said, Evans. I would have said Valentine Holmes. I, he came up with two huge plays. Those Works, two intercepts. So. Worked his ass off, some yardage. clutch goal kicking. And that's it. Um, he picked up goal kicking, which isn't even something he's been doing at NRL level. And he's had to do it in this series, and he's done it very well. Yeah. But his I, yardage I work as well is great. I think Slater Slater was good. Slater was good in both But games. I think Gagai was even better than him as well. Um, Gagai last night was dangerous. He almost scored on us a few times. His yardage throughout. Again, I think he made another 165 metres off 18 carries last night. Like, Yeah. I, um, I was genuinely shocked when they, they gave Slater man of the series. Ridiculous. And we'll get to it a little more, but... Pupper and Arrow, they needed those legs. They needed leg speed. Hess had his best game of, of the whole year. And he's, he's 30 minutes and his leg speed was good. And I don't know what it is about Munster, and we've said it multiple times, but he is so hard to tackle. It is ridiculous. He's got a, the fend on Forget him. the fend. When he's standing, like they can't bite him. They can't chop him. He's, he can, he's got a fend. He can hold people off. It's ridiculous. He's strong. It is ridiculous how strong he is. But on the New South Wales side of things, I thought Cook, 
every game, 40-plus tackles. He runs at every opportunity. He was outstanding. Yeah. He's taken this with both hands. He's the Australian hooker. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He yeah. is he's exceptional. Tedesco's defensive work, I know he threw the intercept, but I thought again last night, organising our line, his efforts, he pushed up on everything. He's a, he, you know In origin in particular, I know he struggled at Roosters to fit into that system, but in origin, um, he's man of the series for me and Cook not far behind as one and two, but... Tom, Who'd you have man of the series? Tedesco was my man of the series, and I thought if it was going to go to someone else, it should have been Damian Cook. And then Boyd Cord would have had, been um, Yeah, I would have had Tedesco as a clear standout. Yeah. And then look, Cook's not could, far behind for me. I think Trebojevic, both Trebojevic's Cook and Cordner would have been on the next line for me. Yeah. And, and I would have thrown Slater in that in that nah. pool of players because I think... Holmes and Gagai for me, uh, both, well, yeah. if a Queensland are winning it, were better. And Holmes, of all people, to me, every game... Basically scores like if you're going to do ratings in a system. To me, he's like an eight every game. What what I'd like to know, right? Say, say New South Wales score in that last minute, the last minute of that game goes to golden point, and we kick a field goal and win it. Is Billy Slater man of the series still? Well, that's my problem with the last game. This they said he was man because of the match. because for me, right? If that happens, it's no. If Slater's man of the match, I don't the result I don't care about the result because if he's been the best player for seventy eight minutes, then they score we score. Yeah, New South Wales score, kick a field goal. I didn't that think, shouldn't change the fact he's man of the match. I didn't think he was the but best. But I player. think if New South Wales won last night, he wouldn't have got the award. I still think they would have found a way to give it to him. Which is my problem really? with everyone else's problem with like we said the other year. Fafita was the best player in the grand final, but because of his actions off the field, they gave yeah. it to Luke Lewis. Jonathan Thurston, I've said it when we recorded it. There's no way he should have won the Clive Churchill in 2015. That was bullshit. He was awful. Besides the field goal that night, he was dreadful. All right, I, I was thinking about this last night. I think, like, it's sentimental. What should bullshit. happen? What should happen is that they they get a hundred people, the hundred most respected minds in rugby league. I don't care who they are, coaches, players, former players, big whatever. And vote for it. And you've got to send send in, you've got to vote on some sort of online app within 10 minutes of full time, then they announce it. I just... And that's not saying that me or you know better than anyone no, else or anyone listening. We, we all have an opinion. Of all people... But I think, you know, we've had several... Messages yeah. from uh, several messages from even Queensland are saying, "Listen, like, he people. clearly wasn't the best yeah. player. Like he's my, I think he's the best fullback of all time, best fullback I've ever seen. And you know how much I, I you wanted to get, you wanted Melbourne to get rid of him. I like, yeah. I would have, you did. You I jerk. wanted to do the contract depending on his injury. You, you were saying to, you pay him whatever him. he wants. I want to fucking cut the pay. Because that's why. We don't know I, that's why I pay him whatever he wants because he's a Wally Lewis medalist. I'm the mate. Melbourne fan. And I'm sitting here saying that I love. Cameron Smith and matter. Billy Slater. More, yeah, but about my two favourite players of all time both play at Melbourne. I go for Melbourne. If anyone's going to have a bias or say, oh, fuck everyone and give it to Billy, Billy wasn't even Queensland's best player. And his two games were good. They weren't great. They weren't exceptional. I think Inglis's two games before he got injured were better than Billy's two see, games. See, I don't think they were. That's my opinion. I, I, see, I disagree with that. But then Holmes over the whole series was clutch, did everything, yardage, scored tries. It was eight possibly every my, game. My issue, with it, right? just, my issue with it is, is that he didn't play three games. But even forget the three games. Even if they no. So if you're polling this based on points, he shouldn't have got. Man how of match. does he get anywhere fucking near anyone that's played three of the well, games? This is my other issue. Why is it a four two uh, four three two one system that Laurie Daly tried to explain today? I, I don't understand it. He was on his breakfast radio show, and they're trying to explain it. And he's going, I don't know why people question my character. All I know is Mal and all this and that. I was like, well, let's put it this way. I looked at it right. Four three two one for game one. Tedesco was the four. 
Yeah. Cook was my three. And then when I went back and looked at it, I thought Cordner and Inglis were outstanding. So I gave Inglis the two and I gave Cordner the one. All right. Game two, Cordner for me was man of the match easily. Well, he was. He and then I thought the Tedesco set up a try, cleaned everything up, did great work. So I had him for the three. And then even when I thought about it, like Maloney set up two tries and had a great game that night. So, what about Ponga? Yeah, exactly. And if Slater was going to get any points for me in that game, he would have been lucky to get one or two. But then last night to say he was the man of the match, how the fuck does he get seven points or whatever they've tried to justify in the 12 points that he... Uh, he only available to get eight. He got seven. Like Cherry Evans okay, was better. Okay, so if he got Holmes seven, was better, if he got seven how the fuck didn't Tedesco get seven? Exactly what I'm getting at. So going off what I rated as last night, DCE or Holmes was three or four for me. And if you go either way, then I had Cook as our best player and then Tom and Jake in the running there as well. And then there was Gagai. So I had all these names and I'm sitting here going, well, Billy for me last night doesn't even poll. Like, I don't get it. Mm. And then comparing him and Tedesco over the whole series, people brought stats up. Forget Look, numbers. Don't get me wrong. Are. For me, he polls in both games. Yeah, but he does, not, he does not poll enough to at win At best, players. at the lower end. He doesn't get close to player of the series. If you did it the way I've got it here, it was between Cook and Teddy. And Teddy gets seven. And Cook ends up on six or five. How, how Tedesco didn't win it, I'm shocked. I'm genu- genuinely ridiculous. shocked, mate. It is ridiculous. And so you're saying, you're, not, you're saying to me that Tedesco didn't didn't poll three points in the last two games on votes because he got four in the first game, so he didn't poll three or three or more in the. You're in telling the, me he didn't get one of your four votes in either of the games? It's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. So he didn't poll three points in the last two games. And I thought, like I said, the last game there was Cordner, and then I thought you were going between like for New South Wales, it was Maloney or Tedesco. So he's we said two it in the car three. on the way home after game two. There's no way that Teddy could have a Barry Crocker and almost win the medal in game three. He was brilliant. And game two was more the subtle stuff, but he still made the most metres on ground on that wet deck. He cleaned oh, everything but up. See, I he don't set like a try stats. Up. I just like no, watching no, the game and going. When you yeah. look at the quality of his work, though. Because people in, were saying about James Maloney. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. Well, James Maloney's throwing intercepts, missed tackles, got Simbin last penalty night. penalty goals, and then last night, Come three errors, six like, But Tedesco's work was quality throughout. Just fucking. Uh, yeah, I don't he know. He scored last okay. night. He I tore must, up I game must be a bad judge because I, I, no. I watched a lot of footy, and James Tedesco, for me, was. The clear standout as best player in the series. Well, like I said, and this is where I'm coming from on the side of things. I'm the biggest Storm fan you can yeah, possibly get it. find. Let's move on. I love Smith and Slater, but on. Mal Meninga, Laurie Daly, Darren Lockyer, you fucked this up, all right? And I have an issue on the I side of it. I just think they fucked it up. Like, I don't have a problem with them saying he's man of the match. Yeah, okay. Cop that. I genuinely last night. Genuinely last night, I thought they fucked, they, like Cameron Williams had fucked up on stage. No. I thought he's given Slater man of the match and, and well, accidentally given him Wally Lewis medal. medal. Wally Lewis had that medal. This was they all knew. No, I just think I just thought and it was a logistic stuff up because I th- that's how shocked I am that he won man of the series. Like I said, no, we no one would love Billy Slater more than we do. No one does like we love Billy Slater, but yeah. this is an absolute blight. And again, from you want to be taken seriously, and this is the same deal early in the year when Ryan Sims got kicked off the Daly M thing. People put their fucking hard earned money on this stuff. You want to make a legitimate betting market? I, I would love to know from any of the betting companies what the odds were for Billy Slater to win man of the series before game three. Because anyone that had money on that got fucking ripped off. They got ripped off. Or anyone that had money on like a Tedesco. If you have Tedesco, Cook, Cordner, Jake, probably Tom, Gagai or Holmes. And again, the first two in particular, how Tedesco or Cook and then Cordner after that didn't win it. And if it was going to be any Queensland, it would have been Holmes. You got fucking ripped off. You've been Ponzi scammed 
And if they want people to be taken seriously, same deal as the betting, same deal as the Clive Churchill. I'm all for sentimental, but he got that at the end of the game when they brought him up. He got the shield and they had a chat to him. He didn't need to get the Wally Lewis medal. He wasn't the best player in the fucking series and it's a joke. Listen, Laurie Daly couldn't pick the right fucking origin team. Let alone right? the voting. He, Wally Lewis, the game's gone past him being able to analyse it correctly. I'd, I'd comfortably make that uh, comment. And Darren Lockyer was the one who didn't want Callum Ponger in the first game and who butted heads with uh, Kevin Wallace last year, year to Did admit you Billy in game one. So for me, I question, I do question not the integrity of any of those players, How- but I question their ability to analyse a rugby league game or correctly judge who is the best player in the modern game. That's all, I, that's all I've got to say. More than me, no, I'm not the fucking oracle of rugby league, but no. I do know that Billy Slater was not fucking man of the series. No, he wasn't man of the match last night, nor in game two. So, there you go. That's well, my, that's my say just, on it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But how, 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 do, how does Laurie Daly even get... He's an Australian selector now. Yeah, like, well, how does that happen? How good, do you fall good, into that fucking job? Good luck picking our Australian side again. Like, last oh, year, our, our starting... He's going to pick fucking Aaron Woods for Australia? Our starting front row last year was Clemmer and Woods. Jesus Christ. Like, he... Brad Fittler admitted that Clemmer wasn't in the team until the last few weeks before the series. Yeah. And then... The last game. Woods never should have been near it, and rightfully so. But to think that the possibility... Um, if Like I said, I, I reckon Clemmer, compared to Woods, I like Clemmer. At club level, I do. Yeah. But similar to Woods, he's not a rep player for me. And especially in Origin, the speed of the game like we talked about earlier, he can't play Origin for me anymore. He can't. Mm. He really can't. But um, overall, great series, outstanding games of football. I enjoyed all three games. I'm yeah, glad. So I'm really glad series. we went to Melbourne. The New South Wales atmosphere was great. Uh, we've done Queensland the last two years. And, I, you know, we've been... Glad I didn't because we, they fucking lost again. We, we, we've been muffed the two times we've went. But this year, dead rubber or not, that would have been, that would have been a great game to go save to. Save my dough. That would have been a great game to go to. But yeah. um, the series overall has really sparked things up for me. And I'm excited moving forward because, like I said, coming into it, they didn't have debutantes so much, but they blooded eight players last year. And then they've blooded another two. So 10 overall in the last five games for Queensland. And then we've blooded 11 during the series, and then a 12th along the way. Mm. So we've got 12 and 10 in the last four to five games between the two states. It's a new era, and I'm completely with you. Next year, it's on again. We're not the favourite. When they get those players back, depending on form, depending on injuries, oh, I think, I think if, we we're both, if we're both full strength come game one next year and everyone's on form, it should be a each or two. it's going to be a cracker series again, Yeah, and I'm looking forward Bring to it. Bring it on. Let's move on. Yeah, off the origin side of things um, before we jump in and do fan questions, and then we'll do a quick preview of round 18 as well as our tips. We have to thank our sponsors and Penrith Solar Centre. With the warmer months just around the corner, don't find yourself in the sin bin this summer paying ridiculous electricity rates. Create your own electricity through solar power so you can live in the freedom this summer knowing that a nasty bill shock isn't on its way. The team at Penrith Solar Centre are your specialists in all things solar and battery storage, so contact them today, www.penrithsolar.com.au to find out more or visit their website, as we just mentioned and uh, call the boys on that phone number, 1800-202930, to discuss how they can make you the real winners. Penrith Solar Centre. Uh, fan questions, like I said before, there's plenty I think that we've realistically addressed in the Billy Slater thing because the majority of people aren't happy, obviously, with the player of the series thing. But Well, we've addressed that. Do we, do we have to go through every individual no. question about well, it? Well, I'm going to read through what we've got. 
and obviously most of them that are on that, like you've brought up, uh, like I said, everybody out there. We've covered it. We won't be reading names out from that one because, yeah, we're all over it, that's for sure. But Brad McMillan, why New South Wales not able to replicate Queensland's line speed tactic? It appeared the counter was to shift early, but their shape was horrible all of game three. How would you counter that line speed next year? You've got to move the ball. If you want to shift the you football, just, you need New South Wales were going scoot, one out, scoot, one out, one out, scoot. Yeah. Like, it's just easy to defend. It's easy to have line speed when you're under no threat yeah. from a moving ball or no any quick width play at all. Balls, yeah. No ruck speed. And then same thing. The tactic to go sideways is dumb when you've got no ruck speed. Because... To me, it's all about trying to get unleashed Damien Cook in yardage. You, as soon as you get a quick play of the ball, Cook's out and you win that set. And we just generated nothing for him in yardage. Well, game two showed exactly what we talked about again. Second mm-hmm. half, first 10 to 15 minutes when we pushed in pairs, had Jake and DeBellin handling with supports around the ball. We got quick play of the balls. We shifted early. Latrell looked great. Cook looked good. He made like 50 metres in a couple of carries instantly. Did and... Jake Dubrovich play 80 last night? No. He played 70. He's an 80-minute player for me. So, yeah. He is, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think he he's not the best forward in the game. But no, I, think but... he's, I think he's the most creative and impactful forward or influential forward in terms of being able to ball play and manipulate a defense. He's fantastic. But the interchanges last night, again, you could have used it more effectively. So if you did play 65-70, you got other guys on to make an impact. But we should have spent more in our front row rotations to keep those guys fresh in the middles. Mm. But we've, you know, got a back rower off and moved the same prop back in for a couple of small stints and seems for a small – like, it's just wasting interchanges for the sake of it. Yeah. Like, use fresh bodies. Lou Klain, do you think Queensland's struggle to score points comes from Kerry's horrible shapes or is it a personnel thing? Well, I think – Bit of both. They've had a different spine every single game, and we've just mentioned it in the last one. They've lost, uh, you know, possibly the best spine we're ever going to possibly see. So it wasn't going to be – ship shape from game one, but changing the spine all three games and personnel definitely doesn't help. And if they're healthy from game one, I assume they're better for the whole series. You agree? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Dan from the Sportress, now that Austin is moving on, what skills do the Raiders need at six? Should they be emphasising running and defence and leaving the creativity to Hodgson and Caesar? You should leave all the creativity to Hodgson. Yeah. And Caesar just brings stability in a good kicking game. And I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but this just means Sam Williams is going to be the seven moving forward. Is that right? Well, he's got another year to run. Sam and Aiden. He's he's got the same problem that Austin. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He struggles to defend. He's got a good kicking game, a much better kicking game, but he doesn't offer anywhere near as much. So what are they the going to do? They're going to go and buy someone? Well, the talk was that on the market, they were looking for LG because his best football was played with Caesar and the Titans have flushed him. And obviously with Taylor going back what there, about Corey Norman? Brimson being there, I just think, don't think they need the trouble, nor do they have the no, cap space. No, I agree with that. They don't but have the cap space. about it. Yeah, okay. Like they, 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 what do you mean they don't have the cap they, space? They, they offered the, Austin 700, didn't they? That was before Christmas and before they locked up other players. They've already spent and they've let, but they've let Paulo and, and Boyd go as they well. They weren't on that much in their cap prior, hence why they let them go. And they've upgraded kids. The problem was they're one like the Bulldogs who went off the 
10 million that was spoken by okay. David Grant last year, spent up their cash and they're they're under the cap, John Grant. but they've got no wiggle room, which is why when these offers came in for Boyd and these kind of guys... Who the fuck are they paying a lot of money? Well, I know for a fact when you hear a, a bits and pieces here that a couple of upgrades were, you know, five, six hundred, and then you've got someone like Jack White and I think next year the talk was around 800,000. Hodgson's on about 700,000. Oh, Hodgson's worth every cent. Oh, 100%. But there's yeah. just there's that's some probably, pay packets. That's probably unders for what he'd get on the open market. Yeah. When they got to Pine there from Newcastle, I know for a fact that he came only after a handful of games on 400, and he's wow. now on close on half a million dollars. So there's some big contracts there mm. to get that group together. And Laylor and Rapana would be well, on decent that's I said this the other year when they pushed Vaughan out and they had some struggles with some of their depth that they had to move on. Boydie got an upgrade plan for Australia. Paulo came over on you know 600 and took money up straight away. Leilua came on a heartbeat, come off a minimum wage, got upgraded to four five hundred. Rapana the year before was borderline getting cut, couldn't play first grade, mm. turned into a New Zealand international. Whitehead and Hodgson came on small deals, got upgraded in the first year instantly before they even got to market. So they blew a lot of money front-loading or upgrading and redoing contracts. And then Blake's last contract before this one, he got upgraded in that early as well, went from almost three hundred to close to seven hundred. Yeah. So they spent up big. And now they're trying to readjust because they've tried to be proactive with Kotrick and all these guys, which is smart. But at the same time, it's going to hurt them in the next year or so trying to go out and get players. They yep. need, you know, they can spend four five hundred, but they're not going to give eight hundred thousand for a thirty-five minute front row. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got to be a lot smarter now. The Buckster do the Gold Coast need a Newcastle style rebuild to make them competitive long term? They seem to make short term decisions and panic signings and don't. Show much ticker on the field. The Knights are still in the middle of their rebuild, but showing improvement. I don't, I don't, they, don't, they don't need a complete team. Nah, they don't need a Nowhere near the level of Newcastle. Newcastle's doing it the right way because they've also got a development pathway in juniors that uh, the Titans don't have, so they can be more patient. And yeah, I think they've got a better coach. I think they've got the right coach for the rebuild as well. The Titans need a, the Titans need a better development system exactly and that, that's the big thing you look at Penrith how they've turned it around it's not through recruitment well, it's apparently been through Garth Brennan made his future proof in the place yeah well we'll see how he future proofs it Sean McBay can you tip us into some winners that you had at the preseason Dalian top try scorer premier etc well I think all of us basically bombed out premier wise because almost I everybody had, had, I the had Manly to win the spoon and I cashed out at 13 I got um, I put 20 bucks on him to win the wooden spoon at 36 to 1 uh, and they offered me a cash out Two weeks ago of 260, so I took it. Well, the, the one bet I've got so going... So they gave me 13 to 1 on my money. The big bet that I've got going still, and I've got three out of the last four years, is the point scorer. And I haven't gone everyone's tip, which is always Croker. I got Cleary big odds uh, last year. The year before that, I got big odds on James Maloney. And this year, I've still got Gareth Woodop leading. I got him at $8 before the start, and Croker was at three. The other one was I was one of very few that tipped South. Um just to make the eight, they were at pretty good odds to make the eight. So yeah, Dally M way off. I had um, first. But, you know, I was, I was also season. the dickhead that left Penrith out of the eight. Yeah. So you know, I, well, as I much did. as I got right, I got wrong, and that's we're all guilty of that. So well, again, I'm not the ninth. fucking oracle of rugby league. No, I put South at ninth and said I'm going to regret it a million times when we did the preview, and I, I am regretting it. They're coming first, mm. so thoughts were right there. I've I, got I've got a little bit of money on South to win the comp at a good price, but I just you know. It, it looks a good price at the moment. It, we'll just see what happens because you, how often do you see the team that leads at Origin fade away? So I'd love to see. Our they've, got a, they've got a lot of uh, internationals in. Um, sorry, well, internationals in that they're, they're New Zealand and uh, English, so they're not 
massively affected by origin. They've, they've had Cook and Crichton. If you're going to have a bet... So, Elway and Inglis. So they are origin affected. It'll be interesting. Well, South's got the squad. If you're going to have a bet right now, I did it today. I had Kyle Felt to be the leading try scorer preseason. He was still top five the other week. So they offered me a cash out because he was paying $26. I had 20 on. They offered my money back plus another, I think, 13 So I had 33 on cash out. Robert Jennings, I got it $7. I'd look today. He's still $5. Fussy Tour and Adokar, the favourites at three. But I put the 33 for How that. How far is Jennings behind him? Only two tries, and they've got the best left edge in the comp, and their draws are much friendlier. So I've changed my money, got my money back, plus an extra 13, shorter odds, but I got it at seven. So I stand to win 210. I was looking at winning 260, but Felt's not going to be going on a run anytime soon yeah. and catching up five or six tries. So $5 odds at Robert Jennings, that's one I'd be looking at for the top try scorer. Uh, up the Blues. Hypothetical game four next week. What changes are you making, if any, for both sides positionally and tactically? For New South Wales... The only change, realistically, I said, was the Clemmer situation with a more mobile front row. So if Campbell Gillard was ready to rock and roll, I'd have him back in. And obviously, the big thing tactically for New South Wales is just the interchanges. They've been bad the last two games. They need to be better managed. Our middles need to be rotated properly. And we don't need to do double stints or five-minute stint for somebody and then burn unnecessary changes. For Queensland, hypothetically, looking at who they'd have back next game, the only bloke who's probably healthy if you did play another game next week to come back in is Napa. And I'd put him in straight away for Tim Glesby. But tactically, they would be trying to do what they did last night and I'm sure they'd find more cohesion between their spine and score more points. And I'm sure Brock would agree. Mm, agree. Uh, what do we got here? Thoughts on Shieldies. And it's a picture of Angus Crichton having a beer poured down the it. shield. And I love I it as well. I love it. You've got to enjoy every single moment. Yeah. We all only get to live one life. I don't get all sentimental here, but a lot of these young blokes have grown up similar uh, probably age to my generation where... When I was a kid, New South Wales won on and off, and we did have a better side. But for your dominant years playing junior at football, rugby league, when you think you want to be a first grader, want to play football, we've been getting our asses handed to us. And a lot of these guys have experienced that eight in a row and watched it. And now they're playing for New South Wales. So let them enjoy the moment. Yeah. But so some people have had a problem. I just, I don't get it. Just ridiculous. They are, they've earned it. They've won the series. Do what you like. It's not disrespectful at all. Um, that was the other thing I couldn't believe hearing people say it's disrespectful to use the shield in such sense. People drink out of trophies. Other people like Dan Ricardo do shoes and other events. They've just won, you know, possibly one of the biggest things or biggest moments in their lives. You're not going to get a better high than that. So let them enjoy the moment. Um, get off your high horse. Plain and simple. And what have we got here? A few more. Jamie Dutton, he said he's sure he'll cover it, but basically he was bringing up about, you know, the man of the match and Billy Slater and the point system. Well, the point system, as we all now know, uh, has been verified by Laurie Daly. It's a 4-3-2-1 system, and he's happy with the decisions that they've all made, and he's even said today that he is happy for the NRL to release the votes that him, Mal, and Darren Lockyer submitted and that they did not have the same votes or same man of the matches. But at the end of the day, I think it's pretty plain and simple that how any of them came to the conclusion or voted enough points for Billy to get it, regardless of the point system, shows that they're either slightly biased or they just don't watch the game. It just seems to me sentimental. And I'm all for sentiment, but like I said, he got that when he got his send-off down there on the stage in front of his fans in winning that game. He didn't. There's no way he's the man of the series. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just It's a crock of shit. Um, yeah, Brad Tasker. Hey boys, KFC original or hot and spicy? Ah, original. Do I love KFC? Ask Brock how much I love KFC. Yeah, you love it. I the Colonel and me. If he was alive, we'd be homeboys. I yeah. love the Colonel. 
I love both. I don't have a favourite. I'd probably prefer original, but I do get hot and spicy fairly often as well. Brock is an original man through and through. Good times. Uh, Mitch Eady, have either of you boys seen Cohen Hess touch the ball in his own half, the complete opposite of Cordner and Frizzell? He definitely does get his tail up when he gets inside good ball. I'm not going to disagree with you there. He did not really big on a yardage carry, but you've still got to remember that kid's 20. Um, Plenty of time left, but yes, that has to be addressed. You have to help out in yardage. You have to get in there and have a tough carry, but ultra-talented, he's only going to get better. Jeremy Thies says, great overall defensive effort by the Blues. Did you think they held down longer in the play of the ball than Queensland to help reset their goal line defense? Well, that's generally the tactic. And I, yeah, I think... Well, as much as they're allowed to. Yeah, I and think the referees we... allowed it. Yeah. We gave one or two penalties purposefully, I thought, when we were under the pump, which is all well and good. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically tempted them to take the two points and buzz off. And they do do that when they got that penalty, obviously, off the sin binning, but... Uh, all serious. That's the biggest thing to take out of it. New South Wales defense this year and their attitude towards the game and backing each other and making those one percenters was the difference between us winning and losing the series this year by a country more. That's the one thing you look to in every game. We had to defend our asses off in the critical stage of the game to win, and mm-hmm. we did it. Uh, Mike Wildman. He's got here. Brisbane had no option than to host a dead rubber game three rather than take one of the origin games to Melbourne, Perth, or Adelaide. Should we still have two in Sydney or Brisbane and one in the other and then play a fourth exhibition game after the grand final in another city? Surely New South Wales and Queensland deserve origin no. to be played in their city. No. I don't, I, the moving around thing, I know people blow up about it. I don't have a real big problem with it. It's just more for me each year that the decider goes to a different state because hasn't the last two years both been Queensland deciders? Was it last year Queensland decider? We went, that, we yeah, went up for it. So how the fuck did that happen? That's what I want to know. Surely yeah. you want the I was advantage. going to bring this up earlier. They've they've had a lot of game threes in the last four or five years. Realistically, looking back on it now, I'm glad we didn't play their game one because with a brand new team, it would have been a hell of an environment. But I just I think that's the one thing. If you're going to have that other game, the deciders need to rotate. Mm. They need to be New South Wales or Queensland. I don't think you can have you know two of one state or etc. I think it's got to go one way or the other. Uh, an exhibition of origin. I'm sure the players would love it. I'm sure they'd make enough money out of it if the NRL prompted the idea, but I, I just don't see how they do that in the off-season. Logistically, summertime, like after the grand final, we're talking November, and if you went to you know Perth or somewhere like that, how much hotter would it be than over here? Mm-hmm. We already have enough problem in the pre-season and the trials getting blokes playing and the, the stints. And You saw that New Zealand game the other week in Denver and Marty Tapau and a lot of those guys saying that's the hardest conditions they've played in because it was altitude and it was humid and hot. So um, I, I like the thought and moving around, but just that time of year, it's way too hard to get it done. It's just, yeah, it just wouldn't happen. You're just adding more... More to the schedule. More games to the schedule. We're trying to get less games. Yep. A couple other people here about Billy Slater. Matty Green says, I'm a one-eyed Panther fan, but I really think Cleary was a bit of a passenger in attack this series. How do you rate his attack this year? Well, I had this chat with you the other day, and I kind of felt that when he's out there on his own, he looked much better because he was on the ball. And same as at Penrith last year. And I think him and Maloney kind of work against each other somewhat because they're both dominant halves and they've got to find a better balance. And we saw it last week against Manly. Yes, there was a bit of a haze from origin and backing up and mentally they probably weren't there. But I think all the games I've kind of watched with those two playing together so far, they've still got a bit to work out because they're both dominant yeah. halves um, yeah. and they both look better on their own for that reason. But I think defensively in this series, you couldn't ask for any more out of him. He was outstanding. Yeah. Attack, I thought he had to play second fiddle to Maloney, which was prompted by the coaching staff, in my opinion. He'll get better. And he's definitely going to get better. Again, 20 years old, I don't think we can be too critical. Sydney Miller, after a brilliant World, Cl- uh, World Cup, what does Lola here have to do to catch a break? Well, he was great. Get the World- fit. 
he does he was great in the World Cup. You got to look at the standard of teams they played. They did beat New Zealand, but other than that, in the group stages, etc. Um, at Clubland, exactly what Brock said: get fit, focus more, don't make stupid errors. He made a couple of critical errors when he got put back in the team a couple of weeks ago, and they lost at Campbelltown to the Sharks. I think it was. He made a couple of errors at crunch time, and it doesn't really matter anymore anyway because he's signing to go to Leeds. Your mob next year. That's mm-hmm. the first signing by the new GM of football. Your mate, Kevin Sinfield. Good. So Dolly here, uh, another one to me gone too young that shouldn't be leaving the NRL, but. Kevin this is what happens. fat players, apparently. This is what happens. Uh, Daniel Friend, who calls Origin when Rabs hangs him up? Will you be ready by then, Louis? Mate, I would seriously donate my left nut and I'd take half of the time period off the, whatever my life expectancy is to be able to call football for a living. Hmm. That's my yeah, dead set. Honestly, if you said that I was going to live till I was 80 and then I'd get to take over and do it for five years, I'd die a happy man if I got to call football for a living. I you, really would. You and me both. There you go. Dominic Coogan, your player of the series. Will they pick James Roberts again? Well, my player of the series, and Brock's, I'm pretty sure we agree unanimously, is Tedesco. Yeah. If you had to pick second, though, do you think I'm right in saying Cook? Or would you have gone Cordner? I would have gone Cordner. And then after that... But, but out of Cook and Cordner, you just flip a coin. You're flipping it a coin. It doesn't worry me. And then I think that Holmes, honestly, was the best Queenslander and Gagai not far behind. Mm. Um, and then Jake, Tom, I think there's multiple guys before Billy even got close to that award. Will they pick James Roberts again? I didn't think he was too bad last night. I think he finally saw some football. Um, I go back to what I said in the preview, that our right edge was starved this whole series. And yep. Frizzell felt the effects of it too. He didn't see much quality football. Will they pick him again? Next year, 12 months along, I suppose his competition in the right center position is only Curtis Scott. That's the only two genuine right centers we've got from the top of my head. Aiken's a left side player, isn't he? Or is he a right side? He's a right side too. He's right. Yeah. Aiken threw his first catch pass last week after I bagged him out in that Melbourne game. He got it in his hands and he transferred it. So he if he develops that side of his game, next year I think there's three guys that are up. But I don't think James Roberts owns that jersey by no stretch of the imagination. No. Curtis Scott and Ewan Aiken will be pushing him next year for that position. Wilfred Z, he says, thoughts on Hunter Hooker. I thought he was bad overall, like a poor man's Robbie Farrar where he'd pick up the ball, take a few steps and pass to the halves. He gave them less space to work with. He made some poor decisions when to kick, but I've seen plenty of conflicting opinions. Macca's boring, but defensively strong and was able to get quick ball to DCE, who thrived in the first half. He seems to play best football when he just gets the ball shoveled to him like he did when Ballon played for him. Neither really set the world on fire. No. And Hunt was out there for the reason that, again, he offers more as far as running and probing and manipulating. Did he have a great game? No, but has McCulloch the whole series done much with the football or sparked the middle? No, that's why they've got Hunt out there. Um, McCulloch's exactly what you said. He's outstanding defensively, holds down the middle, but again, there's going to be constant comparisons to the Nines not doing a good enough job because the boots they're trying to fill are never going to be filled. And it's just the way it is with certain players once they move on. There's always going to be the burden hanging over the top of that position because Cameron Smith's no longer playing. George Cronetis, in your opinion, do you think New South Wales was disrespected during last night's Shield presentation? Feel their series was grossly and inappropriately overshadowed by Slater's retirement? Seems uh, like it would have made more sense to present the Shield to New South Wales after Game 2. And adding to this, just from my own perspective, we watched it last night. Apparently in Melbourne, they cut to the ad breaks when the Shield presentation was going on and all sorts of different stuff. And people were saying at home that they basically neglected it. A lot of people weren't happy with the pre-game and the post-game basically just all being... Queensland uh, filled, but you've got to remember it's in Queensland. Mm. So, I, yeah, I don't know what you really expect from the coverage when they're up there for a game three with a couple of legends retiring. Yeah, I, I see a day on the horizon when if the game, the series is wrapped up in two games, I don't think there'll be a game three. 
I think within 10 years, Origin will be... Even with the money that comes series. from the three games? Um, yeah, but... If you generate $54 million in three games, how do you chop a game out? You're losing TV, or, tickets, food, like you're losing but everything. But I think we'll get to a, a point in the game where we won't rely on it. I hope so. I hope I agree with I, you. That's but, what... Uh, well, we're getting billion-dollar TV deals. Surely... Or, surely we can manage our money we need to, to hope. the point where... Is we don't. Ex- we don't have to play dead rubbers. No, like no sport. Tell me a sport that'll play a best of series that play a dead rubber. Well, Ashes keep going even when it's wrapped up. Okay, Ashes. Yeah, and that'd be people that'd keep be going. Or ten of that. We attended the test when it was but over. It's not in as Sydney. good. Still cricket. People want to go see it. Origins like the best quality. You can't tell me last night you wouldn't want to watch that game again. The quality of that game was outstanding. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm going. not on the quality of the game. I've just. But the product, like it's, it's such a limited thing. Like you, you telling me you wouldn't go to watch that again? I would. Dead rubber or not, that's that's our best players. I to me, I put Origin ahead of international football, rightly or wrongly. People, uh, I, I don't care what anyone says. It, Origin football last is better night, than international I, football. I was not as excited for that game last night as what I would have been for a decider. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, were they disrespected on that and that side of things? I don't or was know. Like, what, what are we? We're, but isn't everyone in this modern day looking to be disrespected? Everyone's got yeah some sort of issue with everything. I I, I don't think that. I, I don't think it's disrespectful. Look, I don't know. What the, we I think expect. the point that you can take out of that is that the shield should have been presented after in game New South two. Wales, and this is what we get. That's my what do you point. Expect? Why, why play state? the third game? Give us the trophy. We won. See you next year. But not even that. Like, I just don't get the it's whole. Like playing the NBA finals, playing win, the Warriors minute in four, and then you play the next three games just for the, because of money. But more getting to the point with George saying, I think it's plain and simple. Queensland fans aren't there to see New South Wales. They beat us. They want to make you feel like, you know, you did win the series, but we finished that way. And that's kind of how it was. They won the series. They got the shield. They all leave before the shield gets presented. It should have been done here in yeah. front of our home fans so you can enjoy that moment. Uh, yeah. yeah. Michael Cooper, please do a Laurie Daly impersonation of him deciding Billy should get player of the series. Well, luckily for you, Michael, I did similar early on when I talked about the point system that him, Mal, and Darren came up with. But Billy is a great. What do you mean they came up with it? Did they come up with it? Nah, it's through the NRL. Apparently, the votes were registered, etc. But why four three two? Uh, Why the fuck does it have to be four two uh, three two one? I just. Uh, Tyler James, do you think there should be more punishment for players running the opposition off the ball like Maloney did to Slater last night? No, nah. Plain and simple. Yeah, they impeded him or not? You go to the bin, or if you do, what What shits me about that as a coach is fucking Maloney get the ball. Yeah. You're running it. towards the ball anyway. Yeah. Instead of trying to run him off the fucking ball, pick the ball up. And you had the line. So, Far out. Yeah, you had the line. More interested. And there's a lot of kicks like that. You watch a lot of games where you just go, like, you're trying so hard to run him off the ball, you could have just picked the ball up. Hmm. I don't know. Sean Clark, who plays one and six for the Storm over the next few years? Hughes is a bit faster than Munster, so fullback suits him. Munster is playing good footy at six, but I'm sure if he'll be happy to stay. Hughes wants uh, Munster six. Well, he brings up, I guess, what Munster said. He wants to play fullback. Surely now Stiff playing shit, Origin Munster. at six and the way he's played at six, he can realise that for the game. team, if he wants to be at Melbourne, that surely six is his best spot. At Origin with Ponga there, he's not going to play one either. No, he's not. So now he's got to focus he's not on a one. six, surely. He's a six. He can definitely play one. He you can't. can't tell me but he's, he's a six. He's like dominated uh, points of that game last night. Yeah. Simon Tag, New South Wales side for next year. Are there any up and coming players that you think will force their way in, assuming form and injuries are not a factor? Well, I think for me, I wouldn't have Clemmer there. And I said earlier, Campbell Gillard or McLean. And Campbell Gillard more likely with McLean off a big injury. And plus, like I said, when he got picked for Australia last year, 
at, at the Storm, I liked McLean, but I didn't think that he was a walk-up start for Australia I think all of a sudden. We're screaming out for a young 5'8". I think a Luke Keary. Well, again, coming into this, I said game one, I thought Maloney had a pass mark. He wasn't great. And everyone's been banging on the drum, but between his best and worst is is a big gap. And no, defensively, no, I just think he's getting to the point where he's going he's gonna to be past him. Yeah, well, he's 33, 34. We're going to have to address that at some point. Keary, for me, would be would be one. And that, to me, means that Cleary... I think, I think someone like Victor Radley, is he, is he in New South Wales? Yeah. He could be someone who would go into that role of the Tyrone Peachy. I think that role would be more suited to him because you can trust him more so in the middle, I guess, mm. defensively. But he'd be he'd be one I'd be looking at. Um, I think Kiri and Malone, uh, sorry, Kiri and Cleary makes more sense because Cleary then takes control, dictates the side, and Kiri isn't as loose as Maloney. Yeah. Uh, I think again, you could say his defense is bad, but it's not. I think it's better than Maloney's, and he's similar kind of built player, similar to Maloney. He puts his body in front, but I think he's a better defender. But I think he's better at playing second fiddle, picking his times, when to run, when not to not. And I think that gives us probably a better flow in-game uh, because then Cleary's got complete control. But it's still at 20, I understand why Maloney was there this year. He's gone through a series now. It'll more depend on form next year. But also club combinations. Does he basically get a walk-up start again next year if they're playing together at Penrith? Yeah. I'm sure that'll be something I'll look at. Yeah. Have to wait and uh, see what happens, I guess, next year. So that's next year's problem, obviously. Uh, what do we got here? Mark Kendall, in what new and interesting way do you think the Raiders will shit the bed this weekend or do you think they're onto something with their new play-from-behind strategy? Who knows? Your guess is as good as mine, my friend. The reverse psych out, you reckon? Instead of having the lead and blowing it, they give the lead to somebody else and try and take it back. Mm. Well, it's going to be an interesting week because Jack Whiten's obviously missing again. Kotrick was named at fullback because I'm pretty sure Abby was scrapped with his concussion. Uh, you've also got Rapana who's been named, but he has to pass a fitness test, so he's not cleared yet either. And Tapine got suspended, and Boyd's out injured. Mm. So they've got a few changes there. They're down a front row, um, you put down a back row, and they might be down a winger. If that happens, I looked at the lineup, and I was trying to figure out how that all fit in. He may have to, in that sense, with Abby out and Rapana not healthy, put Austin back at fullback and put Kotrick back on the wing because they don't have any other center wingers named in the reserves. Oldfield and then most of their depth's already in there. The only other way around it would be to put Croak on the wing, Whitehead to centre, and then you need to push Papali probably to the back row and put Bateman at starting lock, but it's going to take a massive reshuffle otherwise. Yeah. So I think this way it wouldn't surprise me if they put their balls on the table and started swinging with a hammer and put Austin at fullback if that, that change, if Rapana doesn't pass his fitness test. But who knows with the Raiders, see what happens. Uh, Luke Greenhag is DCE the halfback for next year. If form warrants it, and Morgan yeah, and that aren't back and not playing well, then it's why not? Be, it's all form. But it's a long way away, so you can't No jersey right should ever be guaranteed based on this no. year. This series is over. Next year, you select game one based on form. And I hope Freddie and that do that exactly like they did this year. They rewarded mm. form and it paid off for us. Yeah. That's the right way to go. Patrick Crosby, Ash Taylor, how the hell can they justify a $1 million a year price tag for this bloke? He hasn't played Origin, and from what I've seen, he never will. I can't believe the inflated contracts for non-rep players. I guess the clubs are to blame for paying it. Managers are to blame for a lot of it because yeah, they create hype and drag things around. And There's also one thing that people don't realise a lot out there. That if one club doesn't pay it, someone else will. The other thing about player managers, though, is a lot of player managers put gun to head of clubs and say, you can keep player B or A, like say, you know, we've got this player who we love at our club. You can have him, but I've got this guy who's in your 20s or at this club. And he just needs to be in a top 30 somewhere. Yeah. So if you want him, you need to take him or I'll shop him elsewhere. Like They, they do 
some crook shit behind the scenes. They have more power than anyone realizes. The player yeah, managers, absolutely, and especially the bigger labels. They they play a big part. Brandon Savage says Churchill given to the wrong player in 2015-2016. Dalian Medal, Ryan Sims not voting legitimately, and now Wally Lewis Medal. Is there any award that you think has any credibility these days? I feel like they get it right as much as they get it wrong, but it seems very questionable at times. And I think I think the the voting system's flawed. Well, even I think Mark, every player should get a in every game should get a, a rating of one to ten. I think even the players voting for it wouldn't have voted Billy Slater man of the series if they had to. If it was internally if you voted, Billy Slater gun to the head. Do you think you were man of the series? No, he, he looked embarrassed last night when he got brought back up, and he mm. said, oh, "I've said everything I needed to say." It was kind of like this is awkward. Mm. So, yeah, mm. uh, they're flawed. But like I said, my main issue is if you want to advertise betting and have betting as your partners and be taken legitimately, you can't give sentimental awards. You give awards warranted on form or performance in that game. Otherwise, like you, you can't whinge about things like that afterwards. And oh, people betting was down, or this was down. like, well, of course it's down. People aren't going to bet on something they feel is fucking fixed. Mm. Like, or, you know, going to be premeditated for sentimental value. Duncan Bridgeford, did Angus Crichton do enough to justify selection throughout this series? For me, yes. I think we would have been better off with Sims instead. Frizzell playing 80 on the edge is much better option anyway. I like Crichton. I don't know why people are questioning what Crichton did. Even last night, I think a lot of people said he went missing. Well, I thought he had, you know, some good carries off the bench. He played on the edge. He got three offloads out. He busted a couple of tackles. He played his role. Um, and same as the minutes, like I said about a lot of these players, and they're bagging players for one stint or prior last game. Prior, same deal, was on mainly when we were defending. So forget 34 metres. Did he do his job? Did he hold the middle? Did he make his tackles? Yeah, he did his job. Yeah. And at the end of the day, none of us are playing Origin. So I think you know there's a fair bit of judgment out there, as we can do with these platforms and us having one here and people with social media and Twitter, et cetera. But some of the criticism that everyone wants to find after no, every single game. It's, we don't abuse it. Yeah, I just... Well, I don't think we do. But no, Duncan, I definitely think Crichton justified it. And again... He's, he's young like all these guys. So, um, out of some of the options we could have had, I think Sims definitely should have been on the bench. I would have preferred to have that middle edge type player over, say, a Clemmer coming on because I thought his 30 minutes last night was great. He was super physical. And uh, I, I thought, bar his brain snap, that was a pretty good debut yep. for Tarek Sims. NRL fantasy expert, I heard New South Wales were out until 2 a.m. at the casino. What do you think the chances are they'll be backing up for their clubs this week? Well, the Panther boys have already been ruled out, and rightfully so. They shouldn't have None to back of them up. Play. After a three-game series, like we said last week, it's it's too much to ask. Most shouldn't. As a Melbourne fan, I'm hoping that we don't back up our players. I really don't. I don't want any of them playing this week. I don't care if they're young like Felice and Munster or if they're older like Billy. And Ado Carr almost went off injured with ankle injury in the last game after backing up. I'd prefer us just to drop everyone out for the game against Manly this week. Yeah. I would not care if we lost this week. I'm more worried about the finals run and getting things right. And that's why you win games early enough for you. Those results the last few weeks are big for a team or someone like me who supports Melbourne, because now we're in the top four. I don't want us to fall out, but I'd be happy to lose a game right now for the betterment of those six players that played for us moving forward. Mm. And I'm sure, from your perspective, if Wallace and Arrow played massive minutes in that game, you'd rather them not play. Oh, I don't care. But we're not going to make it anyway. So Again, why can't matter. they celebrate something like this? And I, I know I've said before, like the international... There, there should be part of the collective bargaining agreement. They don't, they don't back up. Yeah. That's my opinion. And right. for the NRL, this is a cash cow. Uh, you know, so in the clubs and et cetera, they, they know this and Origin's been around for a long time now. I know that might sound hypocritical when I said the other week that they were pissed about the internationals, but that's a different story altogether. Yeah. They're paying the wages. It's not an NRL-based game. It was teed up by a private contractor who's getting a profit out of it. So uh, it's a different set of circumstances. Uh, last one we got here, David McNeil, what was the touchy thinking? So I think that was in regards to the Latrell pass and when Adokar supposedly went out. 
I said this last night when we were sitting here. I think the flag went up because the player was dead because the pass was forward. I don't think it was because he put his foot out. You don't put your flag up unless someone is out. Well, the player was dead anyway, so I don't know what the big deal is. It was a wrong call. It was the... Yeah, he got it wrong, but let's not crucify him. For no, it. but it was. But people trying to defend him, it was it's the wrong wrong thing. So it, it didn't even look like he was looking at the sideline either. So mm. all, well, all good. It's it's a minor thing. Let's move on. Yep, definitely. And there you go. There's all the fan questions. Big thanks to everybody out there. So before we move into our tips and our bets, brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Uh, the PM Boltmaster, www.nepboltt.com.au. The PM Boltmaster is your complete fastening system supply with their main office located at Penrith, covering well in 1,500 square meters in a second branch at Seven Hills, which also has a decent warehouse there. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. There's a lot more to the Boltmaster though than just fasteners. You'll also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware. The Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all associated industry segments. So if you're like me and you're a tradesman, you want all your gear supplied, look no further than the PM Boltmaster. Get on to Woz and the boys there, www.nepbolt.com.au and the Pro Sports Syndicate Boxhead. Mm. We're back on for the charity bet this week. I don't. Did we, we didn't end up putting on one for Origin, did we? We forgot to send something through. No, we didn't. But I think we would have been bust anyway because we probably would have taken the overs or one of the lines or the starts and we wouldn't have got it. So probably not a bad thing, but we've had a good run. You picked four in a row before we lost the other week. Uh, there was obviously no tip for them there, but keep your eyes out for an affiliate link this weekend and a better of the week. They're five from seven with their bets of the week, so on fire. The last two weeks, they've nailed all their lines in the affected rounds, so they've pumped up another six, 700 on top of the profit there. The half-price package available, 99 for your first month. If your tips don't turn a profit, you get the next month free. After that, cancel any time. There's no locking contracts, nothing like that. The Pro Sports Syndicate. And uh, I took advantage of that Palmer bet one that I spoke of. We're trying to find some more uh, rare bookies that people probably aren't using. Yep. But $50 deposit for a 150 bonus bet. I was cheering for that. Very, very happy with that. Uh, tips. Looking at the games that we've got this weekend. The first one is the Penrith Panthers versus the Sharks. And obviously, on the Penrith side of thing, Brock, it's going to be very, very hard to back up those three players, and they've already said they're basically ruling all of them out today. Good. Uh, I know Peachy only played 15-20, but even him, he's been part of the experience. He's played club games afterwards. He also deserves a break. So Caleb Aikens, under-20s player who played residence the other week, New South Wales Cup, saying basically means you're the best fullback in the opinion of uh, players there in New South Wales Cup. Another debutant for the Penrith Panthers and another junior, mm. which is crazy. So he's at fullback there. Uh Dallin's out with his hamstring. James Maloney, Cleary, Peachy, obviously, like I said, aren't playing. But the rest of the team is unchanged. And in the reserves there, Liam Martin, Kate Ellis, I doubt they'll be coming in. On the Sharks side of things, Holmes is the only one under a question mark. Fecky's there to cover for him. And Wade Graham starts in the back row. So is that Penny Park? I know they were great last week. And this young brigade is definitely capable of beating the Sharks. But for me, last week they were riding on a higher, but different story this week playing a team like the Sharks who are a lot more consistent. I'm going to take Cronulla. Oh, man, yeah, I'll go Cronulla. Got the Sharks as well. Mr. Gossip, he's uh, tipped the Penny Panthers to back it up with this young brigade. And the odds, thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, Panther of $2.30, Outsiders $1.63 for the Sharks. Minus four is the line. One to 12, 310 the Panthers, $4. Uh, sorry, the other way around. 310 for the Sharks, $4 for the Panthers, 13 plus for the Sharks, 315 485 for the Panthers. Newcastle versus Parramatta. Massive in for Newcastle. They finally get back Mitchell Pearce, but is it too late now that Ponga 
and Slade it's Griffin. Uh, out. Nick Meany debuting at fullback. He's been great in cut the last year or two. He's only 20 years old, but he's moving to the Bulldogs next year. So uh, he'll be moving out of the club. One of those cheaper options that the Bulldogs are going to need the next few years. They've reshuffled the forward pack with Safidi returning from injury. So Guerra's gone to the back row. SASA moves to lock and Stone to the bench. Parramatta, uh, the only change they've got there is Will Smith. He has been dropped. Manu Mo's been ruled out for the season now, and Tepai Mara returns. I'd like to think I can trust Para, but I don't know how long they can get up and down for. They got up last week, and I thought they got up a few weeks before that. Newcastle at home, been a little bit disappointing, get Pierce back in. Ponger is a huge loss, as is Slade Griffin, but I don't trust Eels, and I don't really trust them, but I'm going to back Newcastle because they're at home. Oh, I'm going to go the Eels. Fair enough. Mr. Gossip, he's going the Eels as well. And they're a $1.82 favorite with the Pro Sports Syndicate. 202 for the Knights, minus one and a half the line. 1 to 12, 330 for the Knights. 310 for the Eels. 13 plus 375 for the Eels. $5 for Newcastle. Dogs versus Souths. For the Dogs side of things, David Clemo is the only player there. If he doesn't play, Fulalo will push in to start uh, the bench, would only bring in one more player, probably Asapelli Finney or Francis Talao for a middle. On the Rabbitohs side of things, they've named all their players to back up, but you'd assume that a couple of them won't, and they've got through pretty handily during this period resting their players. And why wouldn't you? I look at the Burgess trio. You've still got your halves, Cook. Uh, oh, sorry. You've got Reynolds. You've got Walker in outstanding form. John Sutton's been great. The young outside backs, the bench. Alex Johnston. I wouldn't be risking any of them. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at it realistically. There's a way around it straight away. Angus Crichton not playing in the back row. You just move Sam Burgess there. The lock on the bench, you've got Mark Nichols, Tatola. They've got multiple options. Cameron Murray can play some nine. You can put him in there, put Kiwi on the bench to swap over McKillrick with him at some stage during the game. Uh, you've got Kyle Turner there, who's a veteran, very solid player. They've got color, basically. So, And Adam Dway, he's there. He's played center, fullback half of them if Dan Gagai doesn't want to play. Yeah. I'm going Souths. Uh, I think they'll continue their winning ways. But Souths. I think the way Seabold's managed this period has been absolutely outstanding, and they're going to benefit from it on the back end. And Mr. Gossip, he's also tipped south. They're a dollar twenty-five favorite. Four ten for the doggies. Ten and a half start. One to twelve. Two ninety for south. Five dollars for the dogs. Thirteen plus two ten for south. Eleven dollars for the dogs. Storm Eagles to me is one of the hardest ones to tip for the round because Manly always put in a fight against Melbourne. It is at Brookvale. They beat us last time, even with uh, Cameron Smith wasn't there. But there's six Origin players for Melbourne in this situation. So looking at it. There could be one hell of a reshuffle here for Melbourne, depending on what happens. They've got Hughes, who's been named at halfback, over Croft and Jacks in the end. So Bellamy's made his decision, obviously, there that he wants him in the team. Uh, Hughes could go to one if Slater pulls out. Blair could play center for Chambers if he pulls out. Tonema P is here for one more week before he leaves for his mission. He can replace out of car. Uh, Jacks would come in for Munster. Stimson for Felice. Jesse Bromwich, after all the talk he was ruled out, is coming back this week. Mm-hmm. Um the question is, I suppose, full strength, they look outstanding, but who's going to play? And for Manly, Manly have no choice. All their players are going to back up. They're still trying to win their games. I think Barrett's of that opinion. They just don't have a lot of depth. If they have any changes there, they've got Tafua who can come in to the back line and they can push someone else to fullback. For Locke, for Jake, they've got Tanganara, a few other blokes who can come in to start, but they they really don't have the players. And Tom Wright would probably have to play in the halves if DC pulled out, so... At Brookvale, uh, I don't know. I'm tempted to tip Manly, but it's more I don't know who's going to play for Melbourne. Gossip's tip the, uh, the Storm. Storm. Who, you got the Storm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to really gauge this one, but with Bromwich back in, 
Smith last week, the Hughes thing, I, I think I, I'm not too sold on that side of things just yet, him playing seven, but I think a couple of the Storm players will back up. I think Slater of all of them would be the one I wouldn't want backing up. And I think Jax will come in and partner Hughes. I think the rest would be pretty close. So probably stick with the Storm, but I think this would be closer than what most people assume. Dollar fifty for the Storm, two sixty five with Manly with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Minus six and a half is the line. One to twelve, three dollars Storm, four ten Manly, thirteen plus Storm, two sixty seven dollars Manly. Raiders Cowboys. Now again, interesting game. Brad Abbey out, Boyd out. Drapana has to pass a fitness test. We won't know about that until Friday. Um, if this happens, you know, do you put Croker on the wing and put Whitehead? in the centers and put Papali at second row and Bateman at lock and change your whole side? Or do you just put Kotrick back to the wing and put Austin at fullback and roll the dice? Because your season basically it doesn't matter. You just need to keep winning. Um, I, I don't know. Keep winning. Yep. And on the Cowboys side of things, they get a week off. They've been tough in all of their games. They've got John Asiata back who moves straight into the front row. Jensen back to the bench. Um, I kind of feel an upset coming here. I think they've been fighting for a win and they're getting close to one. Do they have a lot of motivation? No, but Jonathan Thurston's last season, the way they've played, I think they're going to want to ruin a few other people's chances. Yeah, agree, but Canberra have to win, so I'm going to tip Canberra. Well, I'm going to go the upset in the Cowboys because I feel that if Rapana doesn't play in this whole little shuffle here, um, I think that the Cowboys are the kind of team that will just grind away at it. And if Canberra have any of their little lapses that they can find, I think the Cowboys can take advantage. But on the flip side of that, Kotrick at fullback could be great if Rapana's there um, at home. It's a massive game for Canberra. It wouldn't surprise me if they won. Mr. Gossip agrees with you. He's on the Raiders. And the odds for that one, $1.51 favorite with the Pro Sports Syndicate are the Raiders. The Cowboys, two sixty minus four and a half is the line. One to 12, 375 Cowboys, 310 Raiders, 13 plus Raiders, 285 $6 for the Cowboys. Broncos, Warriors. It's another hard one there. Sunday afternoon, so they've got uh, a bit of a decent turnaround there. They've at least got three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Probably more awkward, though, to back up at that stage. Brisbane have named all their rep players to return. Uh, but if not, Jonas Pearson could play on the wing. Katoni Staggs, who's on the bench, can push back in the centres for James Roberts. McCulloch, they'll just have to do that rotation like they did last week. Maybe Turpin will have an opportunity to play again along with Glenn. Uh, and obviously, they've got Joe Offen, Gowie going back to the bench for Maguire. But they've definitely got the depth there to cover for it. You definitely think that if they feel anyone is underdone or not ready for it, they won't play. On the Warriors side of things, you've got an unchanged lineup, basically, because uh, they're not rep affected. But Gerard Beal goes onto the wing for Ken Marmolo, and they've got a debutant in Joey Vuna, who's been playing some cup there. Uh, so this is a really awkward game again, just wondering on who's backing up. But the fact that the Broncos are at home... Uh, Bloody hell, it's a hard one. I, I think most of the Broncos players are likely to back up, and it is at home. So I'm going to tip the Broncos, not with a whole lot of confidence. The Warriors, you never know what you're going to get. They lost that close game to them early in the year without their troops, but yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get from the Warriors, even though they haven't had effect and they've you know had some time to lick their wounds. But I'll back the Broncos players to back up. Oh, I'm going to say that they won't, and I'm going to tip the Warriors. Yeah, I don't blame you, but... But again, if the Broncos players play, I would tip the Broncos. Yeah. But I'm just going to back that um, Wayne they Bennett's don't. smarter than that. And, you know, it's particularly after the, how many close wins they've had this year, they're, they're right in uh, in the frame for finals. So it's it's not really a game that they Well, their kids they did the job last week. And that's the thing, yeah, put so, faith in your kids. The Warriors with the Pro Sports Syndicate Outsiders, $2.30, $1.64 for the Broncos, minus 2.5 is the line. 
One to twelve Broncos three dollars three fifty for the Warriors. Thirteen plus Broncos three forty five fifty for the Warriors. Dragons Tigers. This is my upset game. I'm going to be tipping the Tigers. Um, I look at this one and I think the Dragons really reached the game beforehand against the Eels and played all their players and they've all played the Origin series and they've been riding a high. Some of them are carrying some niggles. I don't think they think they should have been rested against Parramatta and just caught that one on the chin. Then they lost against the Storm and Host got hurt. Um, I just think this week it'd be better to put your hands up and rest a couple of these guys, but I don't think McGregor's going to. I think it's a longer turnaround. And on the Tigers' side of things, uh, they get Benji Marshall back. I think that's critical. I think he was really, really good with Brooks early in the year, and Josh Reynolds has been dropped altogether. He's not on the bench. He's not in the reserves. He's out of the side. Mm. You've got LIA moving back into the back row. Alex Toll's back to the bench with Madalino returning, and David Nofaluma finally returns. He takes Malachi's spot on the wing. So I'm going to back the Tigers for the upset here. I'm going to go the Dragons. Um, but, yeah, I'd definitely take the Tigers with a start, plus eight. Yep. And Mr. Gossip, he's going the upset as well with the Tigers. And uh, the outsiders, 3.15, so good value there. The Dragons, $1.37, minus eight is the line there. One to 12 Dragons, $3.450 for the Tigers. Two thirty thirteen plus for the Dragons and $9 for the Tigers. In the last game of the round, your Titans versus the Roosters. <laughs> Both the Origin players have been named to back up. Conrad Hurrell's back in. He has to play in Copley's spot now that he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, Moiaki Fotuaika goes back to the bench, and you've got Jack Stockwell back on the bench. So I'd assume both the Origin boys will back up here. You'd think so. Shorter minutes. Sunday uh, night game too. Yeah, Sunday night. On the Rooster side of things, even with losses, they can cover. They've already named that uh, Corner will be rested. Tedesco and Latrell have been named to play. Radley suspended, but Joseph Marta returns in the centres. Yeah, he covers Ikevalu. Rhea Hargrave replaces Dylan Arpa. Orbison's back. Ryan Madison's been named to come back finally after those uh, concussion symptoms. And I just, yeah, I like I said, inconsistency from the Titans. Don't know you're going to get week to week. I'm happily tip the Roosters regardless of who's playing. Roosters by a mile. And there you go. Mr. Goss is on the Roosters as well. When the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.37 are uh, the Chooks. three fifteen for the Titans, minus eight the line. One to twelve, four twenty-five for the Gold Coast Titans. Three ten, one to twelve for the Roosters. Thirteen plus eight dollars for the Titans and two forty. Well, there's your lock of the week. The Roosters, Roosters. Uh, Roosters thirteen plus two dollars forty, stealing money. Uh, with a couple of those guys backing up, I don't know. Titan, I, Titans are bad at football. I think this is a one to twelve week. I like the Sharks one to twelve against Penrith. Um, I think the other game is I like the Cowboys. 1 to 12 when the Tigers 1 to 12. There's a couple there that, like, again, I wouldn't be charity betting all of those in a multi or something, but individually, there's a couple of 1 to 12 games this week that I like where I mm. think there's possibilities for upsets. Even the Warriors, I think if they beat Brisbane, it's not big. So, mm. yeah, there's a few there that are pretty interesting to me. What do you reckon? What would be your bet of the week? Have West Tigers as your charity bet. If you like them, I, I'm not sold on St. George, so if you like them, let's go for a bit of value. Let's go to the Tigers. I just think. They need to win. I think they've been... They'll to really, have them at the same price as the Titans... It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Because and I the Titans, that, I think, are no chance. I, I do give the Tigers a chance, definitely. So I think that's a bit of value there with so many Tigers. Well, there you go. Let's do that. So there you go. See what the Tigers can get done. But that's another massive episode in the Origin Review and Round 18 Preview and all your fan questions. Big thank you to Penrith Solar Centre, the Nepean Boltmaster, and the Pro Sports Syndicate for our charity bet. Keep your eyes open for those affiliate links and a bonus bet sign-up with any new bookies and the package, 99 half price for your first month. If you don't turn over a profit, you get your next month free, cancel any time. Thank you to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Also, shout out 
Poker Deluxe for uh, being on board for the period of time that they were. Much appreciated to Paul and Adam and the boys there. We'll still give them plugs sporadically and thanks for backing the show. And fullspectrumservices.com.au. Get on board with them. Certification cleaning, insignia hair and day spa. Spoil yourself, spoil your partner. www.insigniahair.com.au. Boxhead. Dunskis, mate. Origin's over. We're into that run home that we speak of. Yeah, good. I reckon there'll be a bit of rust maybe for a week or two, but when we get into round 20 and there's four or five weeks left, we'll see who can pull themselves into... There's going to be some rust because the top eight's decided. Oh, yeah. I reckon there'll be more resting than usual. There's going to be some rust, my friend. So, have to wait and see how things pan out. Who's going to shuffle into what positions on the run home? Yep. But I definitely think the top eight's done. Origin's done. It was another fantastic series. Now we move into round 18. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.